You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello, hello, hello. It's your girl, Miss Mouthy. Hey, y'all. Hey, it's been a week, but we made it. And, ah, uh, okay, I know what you're saying. Girl, where you at? You said five o'clock, right? But shit happens. <laughs> but what you gotta know is I'm here. I'm here, and it's been on my heart. So, if you are a new set of lips, welcome. Thank you. You are tuning into the Miss Mouthy podcast. Um, and if you are a returning set of lips, hey y'all, y'all already know what I'm about to give. Um, this is a podcast for trans women of color in the city of Detroit about our narratives and experience and the allies that love and support us. And so, with this being the month of September, it we have talked about sexual health. For quite some time so thank y'all for like being patient with me we're gonna end out this month with that but something on my heart y'all like this has been a rough week and i don't know if it's been that way for y'all but it's definitely been that way for me and i had to be really honest and transparent about what i've been feeling lately when it comes to that like so i would say for anybody who has been feeling it a lot lately it is okay not to always feel okay and not to be 100%. And so when it comes to this episode, I'm really thinking about calling it Mean Girls because <laughs> I've been noticing some shit. And when I say, honey, um, myself included, there are moments where I think some type of like um, that energy bug get on you and it bite your ass. <laughs> so you can feel it in a room that if like somebody starts a conversation or they bring up someone, it can go real left. <laughs> um, and so also I want y'all to know that if y'all on my Facebook, please follow the Miss Mouthy um, podcast page. And that way I'll be able to see your comments while I'm live on um, the air. So with that being said, yeah, I wanted to entitle this Mean Girls a couple things over the weekend. I went to Hooters for the first time and that was actually fun. Um, when I had this whole phobia of like, I don't know what I thought Hooters was going to be like. I thought it was going to be like this um, kind of slutty environment, like two steps down from a strip club, right? Um, but in all actuality, it was really tasteful. I feel like I don't know why I thought it was going to be so many boobs out, but it wasn't as many boobs out as it was ass. So <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, them some little shorts. Where can I buy some from? Um, so that was actually good. The wings were amazing. That was like my little highlight. Um, Sunday, I went to Chaos's um, going away party, which was really, really good. Uh, so you know, we wanted to send him off right and just let him know that he's loved and supported. So congratulations on your new ventures in New York. I hope everything go in your favor. I know it will. Y'all make sure y'all get y'all some thrust. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a special guest that's coming on today. I adore her so, so much. Um, and yeah, like, let's get into it. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I just... Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm good. It's so good to see you. You looking fab over there. Look at, look at that little number. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, okay. No, I'm feeling good. Um, okay, well, good. Well, well to be fair, I'm off first, so I'm feeling to good. To the people, period. You was always giving me a look, baby. <laughs> okay. I mean, look. 
the locks, the lipstick. Yes. Okay. I'm here for it all. (laughs) So tell the people uh, who you are. Well, my name is Alexandria. Um, I'm a girl, like, you know, every other girl. (laughs) Jordan Truth be like, ain't I a woman? I'm like, you know, me too. Ain't I a woman? Okay, period. (laughs) Um, And that's all there really is to it, right? I live my life. I read books. a lot of things to you. Oh, okay. So let me (laughs) tell y'all why I even brought her on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, for now, I guess I'm just in a spot where I'm trying to really consider who I am and who I want to be. And both of those things are more ambiguous to me than I thought they would. Um, Especially like after COVID, recovering from quarantine and just the general society we live in now. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, oh. I wholeheartedly get it. And um, so tell the people what it is that you do for work. Um, I have a job working from home. Um, I It's just simple data entry is all I really do, right? Hey. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and that's what I currently do for work. Um, I've been looking for part-time work. Um, I'm currently... Mostly just been teaching myself new things, especially related to like technology or politics. I feel like COVID was a good time for me to expand my ideology beyond just intersectional feminism for the women, yeah. guys. Like it, it's nice, but like also where's the economic analysis? Of this? Ah! <laughs> okay, so let me tell y'all the reason why I wanted Alexandria on here is because. Well, I think she's so fucking amazing. Her mind and her intellect has been the thing that just makes me really, 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 like, excited. Like, I love talking to her. Like, I can talk to her for hours. Um, But I think it's really imperative. The reason why I entitled this Mean Girls is because I feel like oftentimes people get so stuck into this one dimension of either a girl or how they view trans women. And I really want to use this platform to also highlight the diversity in my community and how like we all show up in different spaces and we all have different um, intersections. So with that being said, um, I wanted to share somebody who I think is like fucking phenomenal all the time with the (laughs) world, like period. Um, But yeah, I think it's something that I had to challenge myself with my psyche. And Zandra, I don't know if you go through this, but um, this week I made a conscious effort to like <laughs> and mean girls they was called the plastics and sometimes like makeup and all that shit can be like so heavy and just I tend to like get addicted to filters and I get addicted to the lashes and now I don't even want to see my regular lashes <laughs> I'll be like damn like okay <laughs> so let me get used to my skin again like know that people used to be like you got long lashes but now I can't even uh <laughs> If I don't have falsies on, I feel bald-headed. Like, I'd be like, no, nah, I can't wear it. I ain't, nah, I'm not doing this. Um, But I think it's really, really important that um, we highlight that. And so what was your experience like growing up? That's interesting because I feel like I get this question feel it to me a lot. Okay. Um, well, in, in different, like, ways and contexts. Like, mm-hmm. I remember... I had to work with this like super turfy lesbian and I got that question. It was like a measuring stick of like, 
Were you socialized as a woman? Are you really a woman? You know, when they put like a fine microscope so they can find, and you know what I'm talking about. So, okay, period. Um, what, so I think I need to like give this a context just to say that like, I had a mostly happy-ish childhood. Um, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I, a woman does have daddy issues, but like that's that's besides the point. You too. You're not alone. Okay, period. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that's why I'm wild and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, hey, Dad, if you're seeing this, um, hello. <laughs> Um, and if you see it, <laughs> but no, um, growing up for me was like, I'm mostly happy. Um, I have memories of like doing things like I put on dresses. Like, if I saw my cousins, like, well, you know how like your cousins would get them little princess gowns, yeah, I would totally take one and wear it. Me, two sizes too big for it because I was older, okay. Um, and yeah, that was my experience, right? I have some experiences of being distinctively not treated like a boy in terms of like, yeah, like sometimes adults are like, yeah, you know, this is this, but then there yeah. are moments of slot recognition. And I feel like particularly like black communities, gender is constructed so differently just because like our gender is racialized. So the ways in which we construct that and interact with that occurs so differently, I think, than even what media can conceive of or like what the society around us can really get into the niches of, right? And these are things about that. But, um, and like, mind you, these are things they're starting to talk about in universities, but even then I feel like the understanding that they talk about with this very, uh, you are too white to be writing this for your doctorate, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I got an icebreaker question for you. What yeah. is one social either construct or a social stigma that we need to just do away with? Hi. Why you give me this question? I'm, so I'm sorry. I thought you were be the one who would like, can I answer this for me? Well, of course I can answer for you. It's just there's so many. Okay, I'm gonna do both. Race and gender have both got to go. Okay. A, and this isn't me trying to be going like, yes, I am black. Like, let's be clear. I this is 100. Okay, maybe I'm not 100% Negro, but <laughs> enough that my hair locks. Okay. Um, but you know, I feel like race was created by white people as a tool to oppress people that weren't them, right? And historically speaking, has been very fluid in terms of who is white and who is not considered white. Like a lot of Jewish people today, they're white now, but they were always like white or like Greeks, for example, right back in the day, like just all these different ethnicities that racially speaking by other white people were like, we're not white, right? Okay. And then there's the buyout of, well, if you become white by buying into anti-blackness, supporting slavery, and set, insert historical incident here, right? Mm -hmm. So whiteness becomes ultimately a tool of capital as is race for oligarchs and such, right? Um, and then in terms of gender, we get into this whole idea of how gender is a social construct just like race is, but uh, it's also so much performance and so much of a trap that I feel like we fall into. You better talk it's about not it. me trying to say I don't want to live in a world where like 
gender is just completely invalid and like no one has one or anything like that. But just that the way we construct it could just, I just want to do it entirely. Like, you know, like I'm black, I'm a woman, this, this paycheck, I'm going to be making less than how many of my other peers are on like, Okay. So, so now y'all see why I love her because she she just she just her like period. Um. So what is our earliest memory of each other? Do you um, I met you through the Transists of Color project, I think. Okay. Well, I heard about you before that while I was working at Transists of Color project, okay. <laughs> and I was in the office and I was like bringing you up, I think, about how like you and your daughter, like, hey, you seen the oh. video? And I was oh, like. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'm I, what even I girl, I am new here. I am a okay, baby friend. Like, I don't know shit. Um so that's how I knew of you. And then I think you this is like way back in the day, I think, when there was a did you ever come through to the office when it was still on like seven mile evergreen? Uh I think I have, yeah. Like yeah, that's premium, right? Yeah, that was like the first time I actually met you. I might have like said one or two words to you, but that was kind of it. I didn't actually like meet you, meet you until Ruth Ellis, I think. Okay. And there was a trans programming thing happening. It wasn't or true nothing. It was am I making sense? Yeah, I feel like my first like because I know we have a lot of interactions in our community with people, right? But That's my first like real interaction to knowing you as a person and really getting to know you was when we did the trans us retreat and it was me you and Dwayne sitting in the room and um that's when I developed y'all this is a mouthy moment <laughs> um this when I learned like I had an attraction to like feminine energy and like was like <laughs> yeah like Andrea had came and fucked my world up y'all like she was just being herself and authentic like Last week, y'all asked me what makes me single. And I was like, there's certain people that just like, I like originality. I like uniqueness. And I just think seeing her live in her authentic truth and being herself and probably being in spaces where she was mind blowing the fuck out of everybody. And they were just sitting there looking dumb. Really had this substitute me. I was just like, who is she? I need to know who she is. Um and I remember Dwayne just being like, what's going on with you, TT? And I was like, I think I got a crush on that girl. And he's like, you think so? And I'm like, no, I'm dead ass. I think I like, like her like her. <laughs> and I remember I like, like, hey, I think I like you. And I remember your face got beat red. Like, oh, that is such a compliment. Face cracked. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> But that was my earliest memory, I would definitely say. Like, that was the moment that I really felt like I connected with you as a person. I remember this, too, distinctively. Yes, because it was upstairs in that little room. Uh-huh. Well, it wasn't like a little room, but, you know, this is before they had the mural there, so. Yeah. Um. So that was very interesting for me. So how do, I guess, when it comes to, like, navigating certain spaces as a trans woman, what have been some things that you really kind of like experienced or what things do you rely on to navigate those spaces? Um, I, okay. So like, 
None of these answers are going to sound good from a, from a political standpoint. I just want to clarify, I am still down to abolish capitalism after I say this. Okay, so with that being said, let's get those disclaimers out of the way. Um, I don't know. I feel like as a trans woman, I have certain privileges to a degree, right? In terms of like, I can pass versus gender now. And that's kind of new for me, especially yeah. considering like we've been in quarantine. So now it's like when I go out, it's like, yes, ma'am, can I get the door for you? Like, oh, hello, miss. And it's like, I'm taken. I have a partner, yada, yada, yada. Um, you do have a partner. And I'm just kind of femme. I'm I'm good at performing gender roles when I need to be, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, I can perform gender well. And on top of that, I'm, I benefit from colorism, right? Um, so I feel like that does grant me a certain level of access to being treated well. And then I open my mouth and like, yes, girl, T-shape, like all of that, like, yes. Right. That vernacular does come easily to me and it's the one I favor, but also like this right here comes out and then just like, oh, it, when I lean, I feel like into, whiteness and like two typical gender norms i can tell there's a shift that happens when like people treat me in terms of like oh there's like a step of respect or what have you right right i was um, gonna ask you about that yeah so um, like that's not something i'm not afraid to lean into when called upon um it's either that or you're gonna get you go get and you can get red <laughs> um so because i do want to have maybe later in the season i definitely there needs to be a conversation around colorism. And I want to invite folks to like share that experience. And oftentimes, um, but you, do you oftentimes get mistaken for a white woman? Oh, no, no. I just thought I was like, good. I thought I could pass for white. I could pass this gender. Let's be clear. With the white car, girl. Let's be clear. This... This 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 ain't no clan queen. Um, <laughs> okay, so you did mention you have a partner. Um, can you talk a little bit about what's that like? Because one thing I'm finding very hard, and this is just myself personally, and me and my girl had this conversation all the time, is like dating while being a trans woman is like, you know, something that's like problematic as fuck. I'm just saying that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Problematic or problematic? Uh, I ain't found the magic yet, <laughs> but when I find the magic, I promise you, I'll let you know. I will I tell mean, you. The magic is using these niggas for money. Let's be clear. But um, oh, okay, period. I'm here for so, it. Um, so I think that we need to talking. Living with a partner is everything I thought. Yeah, Chris, how long y'all been together? A uh, year. And okay. more than a year, year and a half. It's it's been a I minute. Didn't notice. <laughs> okay. It's been a minute. It's like close a year to and a half. half. Okay, boom. Um, oh my god, I moved in with my non-binary partner with the U. Okay. Anyway, um, no, so not. I feel like so I'm a trans woman, right? Okay. But I'm like very non-binary, very queer, and all of that. And my partner is also non-binary and very queer and okay so uh, can you break that down a little bit for my listeners who might not necessarily know what non-binary means 
So like non-binary just means someone who doesn't really identify with maybe man or woman or really, or both of those genders or anything in between, right? There are numerous genders out there in society and people can exist outside of being a man or woman in like different ways or be a non-binary man or woman. Like it's gender is very fluid and ephemeral and it's not even real. Um, so like, I feel like my womanhood definitely does exist and entrench itself in those spaces and crosses over into something else that I don't quite have the words for, right? Um, right then I am what I am, right? And so is my partner. Period. And I feel like, I feel like I had these misconceptions that maybe if I date someone who was closer to my identities, that would make the relationship easier. And in some ways it does. But like, I feel like we as trans women, sometimes we kind of date, we do things, but we're kind of uh, fucked up and don't really address that. And then just like, yeah. oh, cool. so I feel like I love my partner. I love living with my partner. This is arguably the dream, right? Like I just live as a woman. I split bills with someone like, oh my God, yes. Um, but I have a lot of work I need to do. I've noticed on myself, um, just in terms of like, recognize that internal work that needs to happen. Like we miss it. A bitch can read a book, can read a person, even right. But like, mm -hmm. where's the emotional intelligence? Where's the ability to communicate effectively what you're feeling, what you're going through? Where's the ability to remember important dates and things? Like, there are just all these things that are part of being a relationship and being a person that um. I never really had to deal with before because it was just me. And if a friend felt some type of way about then skedaddle, I, I, I can right. be on right. Yeah, I could be without you. I kind of got called out on my shit recently um, only because like I do desire a partner. I'm very picky, I think at some point. Um, and I don't know, I battle a lot and I don't know if this is the Gemini in me or just like, um, someone who's been hurt but um it'd be like yeah i want a relationship but then it'd be like no i just want a court and then work towards a relationship and it's just like <laughs> i'd be conflicted a lot of times and so my one little potential partner was just like um potential partner you hear that uh was like well how are you gonna want a relationship but i feel like you take everything personal when it has nothing to do with you like when it has to do with my internal things and you make it feel like it's a reflection of you and i was like all right those stuff is there gotta do some work there i hear you <laughs> i'm gonna internalize that got it <laughs> yeah, no um yeah no so i'm in like i feel like i'm in a summer position in terms of like oh it's it's me. I've also had to like really step back and look at my love, my past relationships and be like, you know, I don't think you're the victim here in some of these circumstances. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I just get your shit together and be a grown woman, bitch. Damn. The yeah. shit rocket science. <laughs> okay. But sometimes we, I don't know, maybe we didn't normalize being the victim or the traumatic experience that we go through that sometimes we block ourselves from what can potentially be on the horizons. And um, oh, I forgot to ask you. Okay. Um, sexual health month, boom. Um, 
what do you find to be sexy? All the answers that came to my head were like super pornographic. So okay, um, be honest. Be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, or really romantic. Oh my god, this is so weird. I went from like the girl who like, OMG, choked me out. Yes, to oh my god, could you like hold me instead? And I'm like, I don't know any of these bitches anymore either. Besides me. Um. So. I guess being held and being cared for, like, I'm like such a bottom and like, I'm sticking with that now. Like, I don't know why this was in question ever before. I think I wanted to appeal to what other people might want of me because I'm a because I'm like a people pleaser, but like, I'm, yeah. I'm a bottom. I know six to blacker with long locks walking down the street, like, yes, Top me, black queen. No, no, baby. This isn't. <laughs> Keep your race play to yourself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm such a bomb. I, I, I want to be held. I want to be kissed and treated nice and touched. And either that or tie me up. Those okay. are two big ones. So how do you keep it sexy? What do you mean? What do you mean? Okay, you told us how you find things sexy, but how do you personally keep it sexy? Do you feel like you're sexy? Do you feel like you embody sexiness? Um, it depends. So here's the thing. I say no, but my behavior and the way I've acted is like, girl, like you haven't flirted before I get that discount on a little chunk of change at the gas station. Let's be clear, bitch. You okay. <laughs> Um, so like, I feel like I know that I can be sexy when I want to. And like, I know what type of beauty that is, right? Like, I'm tall, I'm thin, kind of give model fish sometimes. Yeah, you um, give model fish. <laughs> sometimes like real sexy librarian fish. And it's just, I know how to mm. get into it. Look, like I'm 6'2", I got really long legs. <laughs> I know. She knows what she's given, right? I just kind of lean into that and lean to what I have, and I just make it work for me, right? Okay, boom. Um, so oftentimes I think it's important to recognize like when we are oddly different in our transition, right? So like I always rely on like being hella sexy. Like that is just my mechanism when it's like my body, my curves. Um, I've always felt like I've been, I don't know, like, I'm an upbeat, po like, positive, vivacious, like, like to have a good time. So that's what I've always felt like when it came to my transition. Like, I've always put that at the forefront. And so, like, when I, when I analyze other women transition or what type of woman I think they are, um, that's when the shit get murky for me. And that's when I feel like I become a mean girl. Um, and I'm owning up to it a little bit. Um, are you talking about that thing where you like stare at another girl and you just immediately notice what makes her clocky to you? And, yeah. and then you like start to look at yourself a little and then you're like, wait, hold up. If she's looking kind of busted, am I looking kind of busted? Yeah. <laughs> um, but those, those, those like humbling experience for me lately, especially in my transition, I've noticed how like getting locks and um 
getting braids make me more or wearing my natural hair makes me more insecure in my ownness because I'm like, um, yes, my ownness. If y'all go back, y'all know what ownness mean. But um, yeah, it makes me feel insecure. But I've noticed when I wear long extensions, ponytails, or whatever, I don't have that same instance or feeling. Um, but yeah, I don't like that. I feel like I sum up other women in moments of like being in the room or something like that. Um, because I also notice when other girls don't reflect or look like me, I take it offensive if they say anything outside of <laughs> like what's a norm for me, right? So I'll give you an example. I was like scrolling on social media one day and somebody was talking about being a hyper feminine trans woman and it, that's cool if that's something you want to do. And I was just kind of like, well, yeah, because I am a hyper feminine trans woman and I got super offended, but I had to internalize and check my own self like, nah, bitch, like, <laughs> I do, you can't, she ain't talking about you for a say. Um, and just because it's not your thing don't mean that it is bad or it's different or nothing of the sort. I mean, but, I got locks and you ain't said shit to me about it. So what's up? This is what I'm going to say <laughs> about you, too. Because I just feel like your locks don't look like locks. Like, I wouldn't, like, when I think of, yeah, like, your shit don't look like locks. Like, your, your locks look like somebody with good hair, just got some braids. It's just like, like, your hair looks like you can take it down at any moment you want to. And so for me, when you be like, yeah, I got my locks, even when you, like, Fling your hair, fling your hair. <laughs> look, look, it looked like individual braids, right? So in my mind, I don't internalize that as locks. But I know if I was to lock my hair, bitches gonna say that I'm locks. <laughs> well, I have micro locks. So if you got your locks this small, they'd look like this too. Okay, I would hope so. I would hope so. Actually, I don't want you to sparkle up. How long have you been locking your hair? Huh? How long did it take me to lock my hair? I was in that chair for like... Look, look, on the last day, I had been in that chair from like literally 7 a.m. to like 3 a.m. That was like day three, the next day, day four, I had to clock out work, go to the hairdresser, and I got there at like six. I did not leave there till I think 2 a.m. It, it took a long fucking time. Let's put it like that. Okay. Like, okay. Well, let me ask you, you, um, is there anything about necessarily wearing your natural hair or anything outside of that that makes you, because I, I see you a more where you say wearing your natural hair makes you feel that way as well. But is there anything that necessarily comes up for you that brings up an insecurity for you during your, like, womanhood? Um, well, I feel like for me, I've always wanted locks. I've had locks on up throughout my life. It just... I didn't realize I want locks like this, like long and skinny, like micro locks, right. right? Until I really grew up. I feel like my ideal conception of my womanhood has always been like, I wanted like really long flowy locks for hair, right? Um, now that I have that, I feel like I feel really affirmed in my gender in a way. Um, when I had my Afro though, that was like, oh, this makes me nervous. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. It's like I'm 6'2. I'm walking out with this big, big, like, look, I got a lot of hair. And like, like, how how much do you think this was when it wasn't like this? Like, like out. 
Right. Um, and that's very attention grabbing. And sometimes when you are like a woman, when you are a trans woman, a black trans woman of that, you're not okay. trying to get attention like that. Okay, talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, I think at the same time too, like I think being a darker skinned woman, like if I ever stress out press out my hair, I've noticed people reactions of being like oh, your hair is really, really long. And it was just like, yeah, like, right. it's hair. Like, I, I don't have any control over how it grows out my scalp, but I'm I'm just saying, like, hey, it's Black girls out here that actually has length of hair and, like, it's actually lighter skinned girls who don't have long hair either. So it's just kind of, like, stupid, you know? No, long hair, it's just they be having, like... Ball headed chicken spots from that perm press, and <laughs> I was like, but, oh. but those be those generational practices that we have to undo. Um, because we be taught that our hair is not I actually just posted something like black girls have beautiful hair, um, and normalizing like us just being able to wear our natural hair and feel comfortable. And I don't know, like, I just I used to didn't want perms, and I remember I had a hairdresser that used to be like, um, we're going to have to press your hair because it's so thick. You know what that makes you do as a young adult? Like, how you internalize that? I'm like, but I don't want a perm yes, because yes. how she pressed it would make me feel like it was silky smooth. So when she permed it and did everything that she did to it, it still felt the exact same way from her press. So I'm like, you just put all these additional chemicals in my head just because Maybe you don't like yielding the work. Maybe it's too much for you to like press my hair out. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, I don't want to do that. And then I remember what it did for my scalp and the damage, the chemical damage that it done when I'm like, it's burning. And they're like, no, you're fine. Just let it set. No, I don't want to let it set. Wash this shit out. Like it's burning, bitch. I'm telling you, my brain is leaking out my skull. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um so yeah i think it's very you good you got therapy for this do you need health care i have therapy i'm in therapy that's how i've been able to get through these rough times um, okay okay so we got we got something okay uh, okay boom <laughs> now, are you, now are you in therapy Oh, what? No, no. Yeah, oh. this is a conversation about you, not me. I was asking how concerned. No, no, it's about us. It's about us. We here together. Um, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I want to. I just think I need to find a therapist um, that can not like hold me accountable, but I need I need a therapist that'll read me for filth and be like. Yeah, you when I show up to the office, I'm like, look, I was drinking dumb bitch juice. I don't need that. Because <laughs> let's be clear, you know when you're drinking dumb bitch juice. Like, yeah, there are some times it's like, oh my God, my trauma like blinded me to this. But some, but you know your decisions sometimes, right? I feel like I've had therapists in the past who are kind of like, yeah, but you did this and this is the reason why this happened and forgive yourself. No, no, no. That's not the conversation I want to have. Right. I want to have the get your shit together on lockdown conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Would you say, Zandra, that you, um, well, for people who don't know, that's her nickname, Zandra. Hey. Um, 
Yeah. Okay, can I ask you how how both of your names differentiate? Like, how did you end up getting two different names on the scene? Wait, Alexandria and Zandra? Yeah. Um. Okay, so when I came out as trans, and I was like, I like I've been stuck on a name forever, right? It was like Jasmine, Aaliyah, Esmeralda. Oh, you was gonna be exotic as fuck. <laughs> Well, those are some of the nicer options. Um, I have really bad taste in names. So like <laughs> other names were like Evangeline, Evangelique. Uh, I liked Shakespeare's character Desdemona, so I was kind of thinking about that. Okay. Um, no, I cannot be out here. Desdemona. We been, I we been out here <laughs> the girl um, in the back, come here. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I couldn't decide. So, um, I called my mom up and I was like, so I need you to do your job. Like you picked it the first time around, you going to pick it the second time around. We just going to see how that goes. Right. So, um, months later, she was like, yeah, how about Zandra? And I was like, you know, I feel like this is nice. I feel like I got dressed up without any like heels or a purse versus the earrings. Like, baby, I, I need to go to a fundraiser to get a six-figure making man. And I got... So I was like, okay, we're going to make it Alexandria. Okay. And just go by Zandra for short. Um, and I like books. Alexandria, like the Library of Alexandria, in terms of like how the library is destroyed in history and doesn't really recover from that. But also, I also want to be a librarian once upon a time. and Just Alexandria. Also, I love libraries. I love books. I'm named after a library. Yes, thank you. That makes sense. Um, so do you do you feel like you um, get along or like do you have like a group of girlfriends um, that you hang out with? Oh, what? No. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That girl said, "What? No." <laughs> well, I really don't have any girls to hang out with like that, right? Um, but I feel like that's more. You ever like know that one black person, and like they ain't got no black friends, just conveniently. I feel like that's me, but like the trans version. Um, and I've had to like really reassess that because I've said things before, like you know. Uh, I'm just so distant from my community, you guys. Oh my god! Like all the most bullish excuses ever, right? Right. And then COVID happened, and I lost the majority of a lot of our relationships or friendships, right? Um, so it's like, oh, and that time, girls would be showing up to my house, just like, yeah, here's your care package, sis, and uh, you know, a little bit of money gets you through, get you. Yeah. And that did a lot for me, right? So, like, even though I don't have any close trans friends, I feel like I don't have any girls to hang out with. And at the same time, simultaneously, like, I have been the beneficiary of much investment from my community from Trans Sisters of Color Project to Janice to Liliana to all these, like, trans women of color who've done big things for themselves, who've done things for the girls. Right. The name change program, right? Like, so I feel like there's now this disconnect of like, I've been invested in by my community, but I'm not vibing with my community. It's like, that doesn't sit right with me. 
Um, and I don't know. I want to have trans friends. I want to hang out with the girls and stuff. I'm just, yeah, reclusive. <laughs> and uh, that's its own whole thing. Because that doesn't really provide an excuse to me. Because I feel like friendships are still a classification of relationship, right? So that still means things like communication, doing your fair share of emotional labor, right? Doing yeah. work. That doesn't just pop into existence because you're like, oh my God, I'm so lonely. Can someone be my friend? Uh, That's very true. That's very true. And bitches aren't obligated to give you that either. Even if you are part of the same community. My girl, what? No, like. What yeah, I found that I had to like reassess myself because like I was somewhere and this particular girl just keep not speaking or she speak, but you can tell it's some energy behind it. Right. And I'm just like, well, damn, we never had a problem. Like what is girl tip? Um, but I said, I had told myself like, you're reaching too far into it. Like it is what it is. That could be her demeanor. That can just be how she responds. Um, and I didn't take the extra mile to like, really greet her or get to know her. So now I'm just matching energy. Like, oh, bitch, you ain't speaking. Fuck you. Like, I don't need your funky ass dry high. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> But really, why am I only paying attention to her when it's a negative, you know, thing or how she making me feel when honestly, like, she could be carrying a lot of shit in baggage that she just like, oh, hey, here go another bitch just talking to me, but genuinely may not see me or whatever. So I be trying not to take it personal when I feel like girls go out of their way to be like spiteful or mean. Because um, I get it. And depending on who you ask about me, they might be like, yeah, she's a super bitch. Fuck her. Like, <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well. I literally, you keep saying, depending on what somebody asked me about you, but. I've never heard this. Well, actually, I'm not a good example because I don't really be hearing shit about anybody anymore. <laughs> right. You're so disconnected from the community. <laughs> I'm no longer, confession, everyone, I'm no longer a trans woman. I'm just gender there. That's living in stealth. That's the most. <laughs> I went stealth and cut off all connections. You know, I just. You done got your pearls and you say, I'm clenching them and gone. Goodbye. You later. Trans? What's what's that? Is that like um, transportation? I mean, I catch the bus sometimes, not anymore. Okay, that's a good question. Boom. <laughs> so a lot of people be having this debate, right? Around like if you're um trans and you decide to go post-op, um, will you inform people after that point if you were trans or how would you identify yourself at that moment? You want to take a crack at that? Like disclose to potential partners or like, is that what you're getting into? Or like just tell people in general, like. Yeah, it was kind of more around a, a condemnation around like being in a relationship. Would you tell him that you used to be trans and this, that, and third? Okay, so I'm gonna say this right now. It's nobody's business, but that bitch's business. And I'm tired of all these cis people that are like, oh my God, not disclosing to me that you're trans is like, sexual assault or raping me or something like okay first of all a let's really break down what this constitutes as and like gets the nitty-gritty of it right because right. what you think is happening is not that at all you keep making it a thing and it's not so a i'm gonna say this if someone decides to become post-op and you just don't want to reveal that to their partner like that's their choice am i going to say it's 
the smart choice? No. Just because of like paper trails and like how that can escalate. And like also you're keeping a part of yourself from someone who might love you more for who you are. That's really um, good. Right? And it's just not a healthy relationship practice. But in terms of the sheer ethics, the sheer optics, if that's what fulfills her, if she doesn't, she just wants to be a woman, a cisgender classified, like the closest thing she can get, right? All of that, and she don't want to disclose to nobody, then that's her tea, and she has the right to that. She doesn't have to disclose. And even pre-op trans women don't have the right to, I mean, don't have to disclose to anyone unless you feel like it, right? Right. You don't have to disclose that you're trans unless you want to. And bitches got different tactics for that based on the region they live. Like, you can feel some type of way about it if you want to, but our concern is getting shot in the head on some crazy first date. Let's be clear. Let's be very clear. These and, and, and that's the biggest thing, like, cause I always go back and forth about that. Um, because I be thinking like, well, damn, what about all the times when I did tell people, right? Like all the times you disclose and you try and be the right person and you want to be upfront and honest, right? Cause that's why they say we getting killed. We getting killed because we are not telling these men, right? Um, that's the exact opposite, actually. Yeah, yeah. But it's always the cisgender people that's quick to jump on the bandwagon and talk about trans experience and tell you how we should be living to their standards, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, first of all, A, and it always comes up with the most bullshit that's not even actually true in reality. In reality, academia be like, this bitch is lying, your honor. Like, science, this bitch is lying, your honor. She does not know what she is talking about. All these things that tell transphobes and cis people about our lived experience that they're just wrong and they still can't go to the program, right? Um, all of that to say that it's not their business. And, like, when we talk about trans realities and, like, trans death, most of those women that are on that list that are killed are killed by people who knew yeah. they were transgender right yeah. also like let's be clear like even in the fact that they are killed it's not just because they're trans like yes it's that huge element of it but there's multiple things happening they're black they're latina they're sex workers they're low income like there's a lot of things happening around that in terms of power and structure and how our privilege and oppression respectively are constructed and pushed upon us right mm -hmm. and it gets to that point yeah, so, and how society talks about us, right? Because so if we're constantly being told we're not valued, they don't see us, we're being erased, then people don't feel like they got a fucking respect to. They don't feel like it's going to be no police knocking at your door. They don't feel like um anything is going to happen or nobody is even going to miss you. They feel like you're some unheard of, unknown, unloved um person. Exactly. And like, they will treat you like that. And no shade, like, okay, so like, I'm not trying to bring up the transparent defense like that's like a legitimate thing, because we see legally speaking, there's been so much pushback on it that most people can't really use that to get away with it anymore. Like, yeah, we have some circumstances where it still happens, like in the South and like other places, right? Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking, we see as trans rights uh, catch up to the modern era, like, <laughs> It's, it's becoming less of a thing, right? Um, where was I going with this? 
trans panic, something about disclosure. I don't know why my brain failed me just now, but it just I, did. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think it's really important to always highlight that like a lot of the pressure when it comes to trans women existing, a lot of it is put back on ourselves. No different. Oh, you found it? Go ahead. Yes. Okay. So I feel like there's this experience of like me as like a trans woman and then being me being like queer and attracted to multiple genders. It kind of mm -hmm. gives off this whole, oh, you're queer too. Oh my God, this icky like hermaphrodite is yeah. attracted to me. Yes, we know it's a slur. So the social justice warriors in the comments can pipe down, please. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, right? Like, <clears throat> there's this lens of it that's like you're this subhuman thing. And that's where I was going with this in terms of like how you just said that society treats us this way. So people think they can get away with it to some extent, right? When there's no real legal precedent for murdering someone of a certain class, that sends a political message to community and to institutions, how they can be treated, how they can be discarded. Yeah. And it's a part of a slew of whole other things, right? Um, and so it's just so horrible because I think about a lot of the relationships I've been in without being in them, right? Like you're dating someone, but you're not monogamous. And then if you find out this person has another partner, um, and then y'all have the conversation. The, the conversation is geared around them not being comfortable enough to communicate with A, family, or B, their partner. And so it's just like, <laughs> why is this my responsibility to like shield or hide myself or shrink myself in order to um, make your re reality comfortable and make this exist as if you're not attracted to women like myself? Um, and I think if we start to normalize people attractionalities to us or trans people being able to love whoever the fuck they want to and start seeing reflections of um, trans people being loved healthily, like healthy in society, it will change a lot of the dynamics that I feel like we see oftentimes, especially going into domestic violence next month. Oh, you're, oh, this is a spicy talk show. Okay, Wendy Williams. <laughs> no, no. Okay, T.S. Williams, are you gonna okay. are you gonna try to be like uh, Whitney Houston on the radio show now, or? We <laughs> 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 oh, make too much money, uh, but no, I think the important thing is that like I love what Mouthy is starting to bring to people, not only to our community, but to um, cis-head communities that's like getting engaged with the conversation or wanting to chime in or wanting to come on their platform or want to clear up um, misconceptions around like, oh shit, I did misgender somebody, but um, this is why, because my lack of ignorance or normalizing men interacting with myself and other women. And um, really sometime soon, we're about to have a conversation in a panel around the the world renowned cis women and trans women. And I really want to have this conversation in a way that um, shapes our experiences, but I hope it's rooted in respect and love. I know there's going to be some uncomfortable moments, but I definitely think it's really important that we start to have the conversation and give ourselves the opportunity to like heal, right? Like 
people pin us against each other and really we're we're sharing the same plight (sighs) (laughs) thoughts thoughts how do i say this I might be swerving out my lane here and that's okay. Drag me for this. Um, So I feel like oppression structures itself similarly. And that's not to say that like across down to like the very nuances of individual forms of oppression that people deal with are the exact same. I'm not trying to get into that. Like they're not like, or else people would have a lot more competence than they do now. You're organizing, right? Um, but all that to say that, like, when we talk about classifications of women and our treatment of one another, when there's a power imbalance, there are certain similarities. Like, how do I say this? So I've noticed in like community discussions about colorism, it quickly devolves into like, a, oh my God, I was like bullied for being light skinned. It's just like, I mean, not to dismiss the trauma, like I'm not sure that was rough for you, but this needs to be a conversation about material gains and benefits in terms of like how lighter skinned people have historically had access to education, more financial opportunity, more like like end of the day, this is still a privilege and it used to be about that. We can get to that later, I feel like. That's yeah. just my perspective on that, right? Um so I feel like that relationship is similarly married, mirrored in terms of the relationship between white women and black women and how white women have used white men as a tool for their own ways of enforcing oppression, right? Like, I feel like there's this thing where like white women are like, oh my God, racist, that, that was them. Like men have the monopoly on murder, honey. Like baby, these, this is a picture of your great granny saying woman of the clan killed that slave <laughs> right here. You want, you want to see that me again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is my fear. This is my fear about the conversation. Well, yes, that's to where I'm getting to. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. So I'll say that like cis women have this thing where they will trigger like a man's, a cis man's insecurity or whatever, and like deliberately monopolize or manipulate his masculinity. Yes, come on. Basically, a lot of cis women have been culpable for the murder of trans women through this method, just like a lot of white women have been culpable in the murder of black people through recognizing white men, right? It's something that even cisgender black women do. It's really funny because like, Trans women, I think, are like the leading cause of death is intimate partner violence. But for cisgender black women, it's the second leading cause of death. Mm. Right. So it's just like there's a some which means that like our experiences of black women, there's whether we're both cis or trans, right? Like there's still that similarity of our relationship to the men of our community and how that shows up a lot more. Cause I feel like it gets into this, oh my God, it's different. Cause there's this like, no, it, it's really not quite as different. They just, the the natural born closely just means they can send mobs after us. That, that's it. <laughs> and that that's what I'm more afraid of with the conversation. Hopefully it comes from a place of um, not, not cis women feeling threatened as if trans women, like it's some conversations that's just hitting around 
You took our man, no different than like, like you said, black women and white women. You took our man, you want the infamous, you want to be me. And it's like, I just hope that that doesn't come from there. And people come from a lens of really wanting to be around the table of solution, right? Like, I get it with a lot of the hurt and experiences that people have been through, winning, especially when it comes to men. But I want us as women to be able to find healthy and whole solutions to be able to move forward and normalize conversations. Because if either one of us is about to be dealing with a man, let's start to see how we can change the paradigm of the like lying and the cheating because his fear is that people won't accept him like liking us. Um, conversation sounds like a whole deconstruction of like heterosexism, patriarchy, <laughs> the nitty gritty. Yeah. Bitches in there that like have some act right and a good moderator because ooh. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm hoping to get bitches liquored up and <laughs> and hopefully they're coming from a real place of like mind and heart. Wait, liquored up? Oh, on second thought, you know, I think I might be able to wanna come in, you're gonna be available. Okay, great. Um, let the people know, Zandra, how they can keep in contact with you, my dear. <laughs> oh my God! Wait, what? Legit? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I have an email, zandragibson at gmail .com. Okay. Period. Um, and so yeah, did you tell us about what you do for work? I feel like you kind of skipped past it. Um, because it's just like a regular, regular like corporate job. It ain't community or anything. Nothing. It's just like. Well, what's I'm your passion, right? Like you passionate about like numbers and shit right is that right or am i wrong no i'm so i feel like my passion for numbers comes up when we talk about the ability for things like science and physics right. and engineering technology to a improve our lives um not in this way where we have capitalists uh, where we basically have technology that destroys the planet with how ineffective it is like oh my god we have solar energy we have when glad you're here all these things and it's just like we're doing oil and coal this is ghetto okay um <laughs> so like my passion comes in the sense of how can these things improve the human being's life and experience and how can these things grant us more leisure so we have more time to pursue opportunities that may benefit who we are or nurture our souls in a sense right Okay, that's cool. where the passion comes in. This is this is just that entry, and like that's fine, and that's okay. Um, also, I'm like not out at work, like at all. Like, yeah. if, if my my car is like, yeah, girl, I saw you on this podcast, I'll be like, I'll be like, you you saw who? Okay, I'm gonna put my hair, take my glasses off, and be like, who you see at the podcast, girl? That doesn't look nothing like me. Okay, period. Superman so. disguise. Well, super. Girl, you know what I mean. Clark Kent. Well, ew, this is just this makes me feel gross. Anyway. Well, thank you for coming. Um, I'm about to um y'all don't forget to support um Fox for Souls. Um, because that is a great event that um is going on. So know that you can drop off your donations at the Ruth Ellis Center on Thursday at 2 p.m. Um, and we are still having meals with Mouthy coming up for the holiday to um, host a great event for trans women of color here in Detroit to have a warm meal during the holiday season. Um, 
Is there any other updates that you might have, Zandra? That you know of well? Oh, and like um Rachel Crandall Cracker is having her Halloween party. So um <laughs> I don't have to play with you. Um <laughs> Yeah, any final message you would have for the ladies? How do I say this? Give up the preoccupa give up the preoccupation with trade. Unless, like, he had, unless he's rich with the law of pockets, in which case, thorough look, said, look. Check. okay, look, be a gold digger, use these men for money, live your life. <laughs> that get the, that, that that's the message, really. Okay, so y'all know it's mouthy message. This is your um, so this is mean girls. So just know that the power of mean girls is like, don't become a plastic. Don't become fake to yourself and the ones around you. Be true to who you are um, because nothing about projecting your insecurities or vulnerabilities on another woman will make you honestly be more of a woman. If anything, call a woman in, love on her, let her know you love and affirm and celebrate her. And more than anything, like, don't be a Regina King. Like, don't think you lead in the pack, but in, in retrospect, you're actually self-demising. You know, don't be, don't be a Gretchen. Don't be someone who just sit back and like fall in the foreground if you see injustice happening. And definitely don't be a Katie. Like don't change yourself for anybody else. Remain true to yourself. And it's your girl, Miss Mouthy. Know that when you don't see me, you what? You hear me. Until next week. Bye.